0: On today's show, we have a very special guest, Wayne Johnson of Fair Start. He'll be talking about the new restaurants opening in South Lake Union. We have lots of calendar events for June, and our News Bites column is always chock full of interesting things. It's all coming up next on the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Ethan Stoll. Welcome to the Seattle Dining
1: Show.
2: Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today.
0: Welcome to the June Seattle Dining Show, number 1706. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, Publisher of Seattle Dining. Are you eating online? Yes, I'm finishing my breakfast.
3: You know what I'm having? Can you see what I'm having over here? No, it's
0: rude to eat in front of people.
3: It's uh, grass-fed oatmeal. (laughs) Quite good.
0: That aside, <laughs> we've got some great things coming up on the show, but I wanted to start out talking about a study that was done last year by Deloitte, the Food Marketing Institute, and the Grocery Manufacturers Association. How's hmm. that for serious? There's some big names. Yeah. This was a study done, and they involved 5,000 consumers. Now, um, this is really about retail and we don't really talk about retail that so much. So when you say retail, you mean like like Groceries. places in malls? No, I'm talking about grocery stores and uh uh oh. companies that sell retail items, probably the Ciscos, the US Foods, things like that. Okay. So my uh what I want to what I'm getting at is this may be about retail, but I think it has application to restaurants and that of course is where my interest lies. Okay. So They're talking about what drives consumers to buy. So there's three traditional drivers, taste, price, and convenience. I think all those apply to restaurants. They're saying all those are still important, but there are evolving drivers like health and wellness, people being more concerned about nutritional content, whether something's organic, all natural, maybe it has too many artificial flavorings. There's a safety factor, fewer allergens, fewer ingredients, the social impact, animal welfare, treatment of employees, sustainability, local sourcing, experience, like in this case they're talking about store layout, but certainly restaurant layout applies, and transparency, clear labeling, trusting the company you're, you're buying from.
3: Yeah, you're talking about um, safety. I think about half the aisles at many grocery stores are not safe, right? They're just full of artificial flavors oh, yeah. and sugar.
0: And- yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, if you notice what's at eye level, it's all the stuff that's worse for you, the worst things for you.
3: Yeah. Did you get a free weight uh, program going in so you can bend yourself up and down in the grocery store and find a better food?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wear your knee pads, that's all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> Start your stretch circuit.
0: <laughs> so the the thing that I was interested in is all these evolving drivers like the animal welfare and sustainability. How does that apply to restaurants? Because people talk a lot about this. I don't want to eat anything but organic or, you know, we're not celiac, but we really like to cut down on the gluten, you know, all these things. But does it actually inform their decision about where to eat? Because there are places like Blue Acre that will only do fish from American waters that are um, uh, sustainably fished and probably on... Not farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's Dukes, who's just totally into this. Yeah. You know, and, and wanting people to understand what they're doing with the quality of their product. Yep, yep. And and you can talk about it a lot. Dukes is talking about it a lot. Um yep. Blue Acre talked about it when they opened, but I haven't really heard much about it since then. And then, yeah, because then these people start scratching
3: their head going, well, we're doing this all right, so what are we doing wrong? Yeah. How come we're not packed every day of the week?
0: Yeah. Why isn't it an all-day thing and people just can't get enough of us? So when people go out, I'm asking you, what's your opinion? Do they think about this or are they just going out? You know, who remains standing when the economy goes flat? Is it the people who are doing it right who stay or do they go down because it's expensive? Um People talk about wanting better food, but do they put their dollars where their mouths are? So, so you're asking me? Yes, I want your opinion. Well,
3: uh, I think that that I'm one of the people who does seek out places that do organic ingredients. Natural means nothing to me because there's no sort of certification for natural. So, mm-hmm. I could I could sell you natural cigarettes, but. Um, <laughs>
0: And they're so much better than the other ones.
3: But I'd have to believe that truly the majority of people who go out looking for better quality food, looking for sustainable, looking for wild-caught is probably probably less than 5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just live in a day and age where we've all been brought up on processed foods and most people don't care. Um, it's sad to say because we don't have the best – food in the food chain right now. But um you know, if if I could get one more person a day to start thinking the way I do, maybe we can get there
0: eventually. hmm I guess this leads me when you're when we're talking that and I agree with you, I think the majority of diners well they they'd like to, you know, have it be really good quality, but but they're not gonna well, make their customers decisions. won't pay for it. Yeah, it's I mean, hot. if
3: we just talk about a diner in Seattle, let's just say the Salmon Bay Cafe. Yeah. Their customers aren't going to pay for organic and yeah. whole grain so, and anything like that. So, you know, they're going to be on
0: the Cisco bandwagon yeah. from here to eternity. Yeah. Yeah. and But that leads me to my next question is, if the majority of people dining out aren't really putting those things on the top of their list when they choose where to go, why is the media full of why sustainability is important, why healthy eating is important, why restaurants are going organic. It's like the majority of providers are going that way while the majority of buyers are not. That seems like a a mismatch. So is it that it always takes the front wave of someone to pull everybody else along and that's where we are right now? Or I hope so. Or is it... uh, is it, the, or is it I, just a PR stunt? Well, media wise, it could be, but chef wise, people who love food and, and love to make food, chefs, I think, really care about that. So you talk mm-hmm. about the Kevin Davises, mm-hmm. you talk about the Bill Raniger Ranagers, you know, they care about that. Um, but so I can see them doing it, if nothing else, for their own satisfaction what they provide to someone is going to be good for them mm-hmm. as well as taste great
3: and i think there's different levels of that yeah absolutely. if i if i look at at uh, chef a who says he really cares about making sure that everybody eats right and i look at what he's serving i could probably clean out about 50% of his menu and fix it yeah uh, if i look at chef b i could probably clean out 25% of his menu so everybody's at a different stage of their development of of what Mm-hmm. proper food for the human body is and how much sugar you should dump in it every day and how much salt and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and, and uh, you know, not that, not that any of that's bad if I got a tablespoon of sugar a day, but um, everybody's at different stages on what they think they're making for you that's good.
0: Yeah. So, And here's another opinion of mine. I think sometimes the people who really care the most are older. Because when you're young, they learned
3: their lesson. They yeah. threw up enough times, and now they're going to try to make some food that they don't get sick on or anybody else would.
0: Well, and I think, you know, when you're younger, you just don't think that anything can ever harm you. Because yeah. you, you recover so quickly. You start aging, and it's like you have a bad meal or something disagrees with you, man. It's, a, it's four days later when you get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? It wasn't worth it. I need something that is better. And then, you know, so maybe that's part of it. And I apologize to Bill and Kevin putting them in the older category. I left a few people out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, interesting anyway. I I think that's kind of a fascinating thing that, you know, whenever you've got supply and demand, that's that's how the market balances itself out. And right now, it seems unbalanced to me that… You know, the majority of providers are saying go better. Well, the majority of buyers are saying doesn't matter. Okay, so they go, say let's it matters. go back
3: to the retail side because we do talk about grocery stores on the show every mm-hmm. now and then. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to live in a city like Seattle where I have a lot of choices yeah. and I have some very good choices to go and source good foods from. Might be Central Market, might be Whole Foods, might be uh, Ken's Market, might be PCC. And if I walk down the cereal aisle at QFC, oh, yeah. the entire aisle is practically made of sugar. Captain Crunch. So that's catering to the other side of the of – yeah. the, But there are enough um, consumers like myself who keep places like Central Market and Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I mean, they, they, they have everything. They'll have – they got Cheerios too. But yeah. if I need some organic um, celery – or something I can get it at yeah. Central Market. Yeah. So, um, and it's you know it, I got to say restaurant wise, it's a lot less choices than I have shopping wise oh, at yeah. grocery stores. Oh yeah. So yes, I can go down to Duke's and I know that that Chef Bill is working hard to make sure that I get decent food into my system. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's thirty restaurants between here and Duke's that aren't. Right. So my My choices are limited, you know, and i 'm not on the gluten free bandwagon or any of that stuff mm-hmm. i don 't have any food allergies, yeah, um, but uh, I just
0: don 't have a lot of choices if I want to eat well when I go out yeah, you know the other part of this study was about the transparency and trust of a company, and sometimes I think that 's a long one to change because people will say, "Wow, General Mills has been around forever. I trust them <laughs> they 're the one putting out all the sugary cereals so those things change slowly, I think. and Well, you know, I um, like uh, Applegate. Yeah. The Applegate
3: products and the Applegate organics. And that's really hard to get any kind of pork, chicken, beef certified as organic. There's a lot of hoops they have to go through. Yeah. And so, you know, they made a success out of doing organics, what they called naturals, mm-hmm. which, you know, when, when they were just the little Applegate company, they were sticking with that. Yeah. But they got bought by Hormel. So do you think I'm going to trust the products that are labeled naturals because I I I don't know what really
0: what's in them? And Hormel is not, at least in my mind, I could be wrong about this, but in my mind, they're not a progressively organic working toward the health of the nation no, company. They, they they bought Applegate because they wanted to get into that niche of the
3: market and yeah. learn their way around in it, but they weren't going to work to make it any better, really. Yeah. And you know they're 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 stuck with having to work within USDA guidelines when they label something organic. So I'll still trust that one. Yeah. But when it comes to things that they label as, you know, if, if we can't find the organic bacon, the natural bacon's there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if I want to get that because yeah. I don't know now what they're putting into that mm. natural yeah. bacon. Boy, there's another whole discussion for another day is how do you – and I. Never blame anyone for selling out, but you create something like Applegate because you have a passion about it and a belief in it, and then you sell to Hormel, and who knows what happens to it? Yeah, and you know there
3: comes a time when you got to retire. Yeah, exactly. That's why. All the good people: Tom's toothpaste, Applegate. It's a long list.
0: Akashi. Even uh, surprisingly, this is not food related, but even Sensodyne got sold out to somebody. So the people who bought it do all these things labeled Sensodyne for sensitive teeth, but yeah. they're whiteners. And like any whiteners, they scrape off the layers of your teeth, which makes your teeth really sensitive again. Yeah, we were talking about so. that on the seattledentistry.com show yes. the other day. That was, I uh... no, that's another one of our famous <laughs> podcasts. All right, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some places we've been eating.
2: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to of some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com.
3: Hi, this is Brian Carter from Brian Carter Cellars, and you're listening to the Seattle
1: Dining Show. Hi, my name's Alan. I live on Lower Queen Anne, and some of my favorite restaurants are Canlis and Toulouse Petite.
3: We're back on the Seattle Dining Show. We're going to get into our news bites, but uh, before we do that, Connie and I want to talk a little bit about where we've been eating. Connie, you went to Big Mario's. Nice. Did you go to the new one up on, what was that, Leary Way? Yeah, I
0: did not. I went to the Lower Queen Anne one, and the reason I, I went there, I was meeting some friends there who hadn't been there before, and I really like their bar. It's so retro. It's got these big booths, and it's got Two movie screens Or two TV screens And one's always playing Like the first time You and I went there They were playing Clockwork Orange First time i ever
3: seen Most of Clockwork Orange All the way through yeah.
0: What a freaky movie They're Very freaky things They play try to keep so your pizza down When you're watching that movie Well you can't look at the screen At those times <laughs> Learn your lesson um, The The pizza uh, One of the people I was with Is uh, Spent a lot of time in New York And said It's the closest thing I've had To New York pizza so the crust is great. I'm a little iffy sometimes on the toppings. I didn't. We had some sausage, which I wasn't crazy about. The pepperoni was very good. It's all natural. It's just not organic. That's probably the truth. But I, I, I just like the place, and I do want to go down and check out the one on Leary. I think that might be fun to see a different one. And of We're course, got there's four the now, on, or three. Yeah, there's Capitol Hill. There might be another it one. Just maybe there's like a fourth one. I think somewhere maybe there too. is. So, what about you? Uh
3: Okay, so we took off in the middle of May and did our road trip, which is our annual tour somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. This year, we went to Idaho, Eastern Oregon, and part of Washington. And these are on motorcycles. Uh, well, I was on a motorcycle. You were driving a chase truck. Exactly. And uh we had dinner on Sunday night at Tony's in Coeur d'Alene. Tony's on the lake. Mm-hmm. Across the lake. Yeah, they say it's on the lake, but there's really a road between there. Uh, I thought it was quite good. I enjoyed it. And I liked the atmosphere there. The staff was pretty good that night. Mm-hmm. And this is our third time we've been there. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're out in Coeur uh you can get a little bit out of town, go east and hit Tony's. And then we had uh, dinner on Monday night down at the Cedars Floating Restaurant. That's just fun. Which is, you know... It always a nice place to go, and hey, prime rib on a Monday night—who could complain?
0: I know, and and we found out this trip that if you're early enough, they have a early oh, bird menu, yeah, it's like a super deal. It was eight ounces of prime rib and 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 the salad bar or soup if you wanted it instead, and it was like 19, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's so a it good was, deal. Yeah, that's really good.
3: So, we did that, and then we uh took off Tuesday in the rain, and we went south down to McCall, Idaho, and uh walked into the mill restaurant, where it promptly started to snow on our motorcycle group middle of may so uh and I gotta say, you know the mill is kind of run of the mill yeah, wasn't as good as the cedars
0: and just, and I remember it being better. It might just be a faulty memory, but it wasn't impressive this time,
3: yeah. But uh, but the snow sure was fun And oh, then we nice. got out of McCall in the morning in the snow And uh, we headed for Pendleton So we went over two more snowy passes And uh, for dinner that night We ate at a one of the newer restaurants in Pendleton It's called the Sundowner And uh, what was that very special appetizer we got to enjoy? Rattlesnake and rabbit sausage Yum! It was quite good You know what? Kind of tastes like chicken.
0: <laughs> I I wasn't completely crazy about the flavor of the actual sausage, but they served it with like a blueberry sauce of some kind of thick sauce. Yeah. And I thought that combination. I think worked it was a really huckleberry well. sauce. Huckleberry. Yeah. Uh, it, that combination was very good. Yeah. So that was good. And then we took all the back
3: roads through uh, Hepner and Condon and Fossil. And Shanico, and went up to Maupin, uh, which is right on the Deschutes River, and had uh, lunch outside at Ken's Market Deli, I think it's called. Uh, Quite, quite, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's just uh, American food, basket, greasy stuff. And run by a Russian woman. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. And I, I really enjoyed it. I liked sitting outside. It was the river. It was warm. I had a burger, and it was a good burger. Yeah, it was a good burger. Yeah. So then we went over to uh, Kaneda, and I got to say Kaneda kind of let me down. You and I went to Kaneda way back twelve years ago in two thousand five, yeah. and I had a pretty good experience. So we went back and. Uh, Uh, The hot pools out at the general swimming area were run down and had a lot of bugs in them. Um, The restaurant situation has changed up there. So now where there used to be a big
0: casino, it's just sort of a big restaurant. But, eh, it's kind of. And their fine dining restaurant wasn't open yet for the season. So we were, I I didn't talk to you about this earlier, but that table was really low. Like it was too low. Maybe it was a card table. I was
3: going to say, maybe it was really good for playing crap yeah. song or something. But it was
0: like, you know, <laughs> normal table is sort of mid-core mid, mid core yeah. height, and this was low. It was like very odd. Yeah. You know, the rooms were nice. I thought that was the only part they'd kind of kept up. The outside, the paint was peeling. Yeah, the
3: paint was peeling, on the
0: outside. And- I'll tell you, the bonus of being up there is it is on multiple, multiple, multiple acres of Indian land, and when you step outside on the deck, it is silent. Yeah, well, it was pretty quiet. It's a fabulous thing. All you hear are bird sounds. Well, you don't, but I hear <laughs> bird sounds. And you see a bird flying every now and then. And honestly, two miles away, you can hear a car coming because it's the only sound. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so
3: uh, we got some stuff going on here with News Bites this month. Do this you, did like I a calendar Can I do my last two? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got yeah. two, two that you want to talk yeah. about that weren't on the road trip tour. We
0: just had lunch at the Testy Chef in Maple Valley. It's on the Cedar River. It wasn't anything impressive, honestly, food wise, although their burgers were all kind of different. Like I had a, a bacon, maple, horseradish burger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And actually, I, I'm kind of a horseradish fan. So that was, that was good. But you know, it's kind of Cisco food too, basically. But the
3: nice thing about it was... she's at Cisco or Costco, one of the two. Yeah.
0: The nice thing about it was they have an outdoor deck, and you sit there and look at the Cedar River, and and it's big, tall trees around it. It's really close to the roadway, so you hear a lot of traffic. But it was really lovely to look down at the water. Somebody had their dog out there. It was a really nice day, and the dog was just sitting in the water. And it just looked very peaceful, you know.
3: Yeah, and it looked like that patio they could uh, put the... Tent screens down and warm it up, and yeah. you'd probably be open in the fall when the salmon oh. runs are going on. Oh, and that'd the, be nice! And all the bears are walking up the river.
0: Bears, <laughs> all the all the eating eating the local all those dogs. Maple Valley bears. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk about was Cafe Hitchcock. That's at eight eighteen First Avenue downtown. Brendan McGill has Hitchcock over on the island, and you know he's got his own little what island Bainbridge, isn't it? Oh, Bainbridge I don't know. Island, yeah. Hitchcock, and then he's got Verju. He's, he's done a I bunch of stuff. I just moved here, so I don't know. Yeah. That 97 thing comes up fast on you. <laughs> is that your age or the year you moved up here? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, he's opened an all-day cafe, which is just about at the point of being all day now. He's done it in stages. So they just started happy hour daily, 3 to 7, and they do dinner at 5, and now they're open on Saturdays. So it's a nice thing for downtown. Um, it's a pretty small menu, and we were there for breakfast. So they really, there's like, you could get some oatmeal or something, and then there's six, three breakfast sandwiches. I wasn't overwhelmed like with how good it was. It, it was fine. The thing that kind of made it for me was that they use a fennel onion jam. Huh. And I thought that was tasty. The person I was with does not like fennel, so that wasn't a big thing for him. I'm not a big fennel person, but I thought that kind of made the sandwich.
3: So you think yeah. if, like, Alaska Airlines, everyone wants to replace the bacon jam, they can use the onion the, fennel jam? The fennel
0: onion jam. It's a good possibility. I think Oprah should pick this one up, too. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go off into the News bites discussion that you want to do so much. I think we should start with Champion Wine Cellars because the first one looks like a calendar event. No, I just <clears> wanted <throat> to talk about it in general. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um From June 15th to 17th, Celebrate Walla Walla Wine Weekend takes place. So there's a whole bunch of events going on. So you'd want to go out to their um, uh, website. And the reason I just wanted to mention here is that go to our calendar because I put all the winemaker dinners on. Ah, They're all happening on June 17th. So you have to make a decision. Wow, There's like,
3: So this is either a weekend you want to be in Walla
0: Walla or you you definitely don't don't want to be in Walla Walla. And um, each winemaker dinner has like one to three winemakers involved. So it'll be one place, but you might have several wineries with wine there and stuff. But when we get to the calendar section, I'm not going to talk about them all. I'm just going to say, come out and look at the calendar because that weekend's happening. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. All right. In my neighborhood, um, looks like Champion Wine Cellars has been sold, and new owners are moving it. This is Champion that used to be down on Denny Way. Yeah,
0: Lower Queen Anne. Uh,
3: they're moving it to 8503 Greenwood Avenue North, which is the building right next to the lodge across the street from the Flint Creek Cattle Company. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
3: Aaron Lyman and Sotheby's. Manavoyne are the new owners. Manavong, yeah, and
0: uh, Emil and Stephanie. Old locations
3: are... coming down. Put
0: your bid in for a high-rise condo. Yeah, that's that's the that's the building that is taken down. Teen, took down teeny bigs and oh yeah, hula hula and all that stuff. So, um, Salties on Redondo Beach each year opens their seafood bar, and they did it this year on Memorial Day. It's really fun if it's it's kind of a throwback. It's like when you were a kid. You get to order at the window. You can get fish and chips or something, and run down to the beach and eat on the beach. It's kind of fun. There's also uh, some seating on their patio. It is a kid friendly menu, but in uh, in making adults happy, there's a rotating beer selection. Um, can I take
3: that down to the beach and eat it and drink it on the beach?
0: No, I don't know actually.
3: Probably, it's probably a no beer beyond this point rule.
0: Maybe I, that's not. And it's not like a public park. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, Salty's Redondo is in Des Moines at 28210 Redondo Beach Drive South. It's very beautiful down there, and they've got a long um, promenade that you can walk along the, the water to, which is always fun to do. The Bookstore Bar and Cafe, which is right down on 1st, First, 1007 First Avenue. Is this
3: attached to anything, like a hotel? Yeah, or? it's the Alexis. That's what I thought,
0: yeah. 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 Um, They've started a chef incubator series so that if there are new chefs or chefs wanting to try out a new concept, they can test drive their ideas here. So in they do it once a month, and in um, June it's Charlotte Glaves who's doing whatever she's going to do. Do you know where
3: she's from? Or? I don't know
0: anything about her, I wonder honestly. if
3: these chefs are just like you and me said, hey, we, we want to try out something new. We've been
0: cooking this at home. I saw this, and they said it was new and Uh, New up-and-comers So it's probably somebody, a sous chef Who's someplace and wants to open their own place But they want to try it out and see what the concept If it flies (laughs) So if you own a
3: restaurant and you find out Your your sous chef is down there (laughs) meddling In the bookstore (laughs) cafe You might want to start looking for a new sous chef
0: Well, I don't know, you know Later on we have Wayne Johnson here And he talks about how he, as a chef Loves to mentor other people And get them out And so, you know The chefs may be thrilled for these people. In any case, tickets are $38, and you can just go out and look at the Bookstore Bar and Cafe website. Pike Brewing has their new summer seasonal beer out, and it's the Pike Seafair Summer Ale. It's light and lemony. They use lemon drop hops from Yakima Valley, and it's available as a seasonal release starting this month, mid-June, on draft or in 22-ounce this is interesting. Dinner bottles. I've never heard that phrase before, so I told you what a I know about dinner beer. Dinner bottle. Huh? Dinner bottle. I guess it's like ordering wine with dinner, so you can get well, twenty two ounces of Yeah, it's of like beer.
3: getting a three seventy five mil, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just gonna split a glass between each other. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh so I they don't say how long the release will run. I wonder if they'll like cut it off on the Monday following Seafair in September.
0: Probably it's probably it. it's their summer release, so I think it's you know. I have not deal. had the
3: lemon drop hops that I know of. That's interesting. So they, I guess mm. they have sort of a bitter
0: lemony essence to them. Um, it's supposed to be very light, so I'm not sure bitter is going to be part of that. I, I think I
3: have to try this this summer.
0: Yeah, it sounded
3: really good. But remember when you hear the planes flying overhead in uh, at the end of August you need to get down to the store and buy up the last yeah. bit of them before they're gone.
0: Exactly. Don't make them save this for later. All right, Molly Moon is opening the 8th location. This one's in Columbia City, 4822 Rainer Avenue. They're opening June 2nd, and I believe there are some things like if if you're under 12 years old, you get a free scoop of ice cream or something. So go out and check their site out. It's MollyMoon.com. Hmm. hmm.
3: Wonder when they're going to open one up in uh, Greenwood, or uh, well, they got the one on top of Queen Anne, don't they?
0: Molly Moon. Oh yeah, yeah, they do over by Via Trib. Yeah, 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 yeah they do. I think I I was skimming, so I'm not going to say I know this for sure. But there was something about them opening in diverse locations, and and trying. They were donating some things. Into the mm. location. So I think they're trying to do some good things for the communities, too. Oh, okay. This one I find interesting because I love this kind of stuff. Williams-Sonoma is opening a new dual concept store in New Village on the 23rd of June. So they'll do their classic kitchen and food products, but they're also going to have an assortment of things from Williams-Sonoma Home. And they'll also have locally crafted foods from businesses in greater Seattle areas.
3: Well, I like that idea. I do. Because I've never wanted to buy foods at their store before. Yeah.
0: The other thing I find interesting about this, because I think there's always uh, people pay attention to their competitors, obviously. Um, Here they are saying, we're going to do – and William Sonoma's big. You know, that started in Napa, I think, and grew. And they're going to do these locally crafted things from areas here. Well, Sir La Table started here at the market. They've grown huge, and now they're trying to get back to their roots and say, listen, we're not this huge French company where we started at the Pike Place Market and you know they're kind of coming back to their roots. So everybody that grew big is is saying we need to support where we came from or where we are.
3: Do you think any of this has to do with Amazon? Do you think any of oh. it has to do with like like you know what we go through with our online motorcycle store where we've continually got to carry things that are not on Amazon in order yeah. to keep
0: cash flow moving? Yeah, I also think it has to do with our discussion earlier about the um, why people buy what they buy. Oh, yeah. And so if you want to trust a company, you would trust Sir Latab, you would trust William sonoma but they've gotten big. So now they're coming back and saying, hey, we we want to honor the areas we're yeah, in. Yeah, you
3: want to see like a Pike Place product yeah. in the, in that store
0: so, yeah. that you so feel, I you feel... Yeah, so I think they're all responding to those evolving drivers, what makes people buy, and they want to do what makes people happy, which is support
2: their local community.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of supporting the local community,
2: we're going to be right back with highlights from our calendar in June. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations.
3: Hi, this is Laura from Kestrel Winery in Woodinville in the Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
2: This is JP. I'm from Lake City, and one of my favorite places to eat is Cafe Lago.
3: We're back with the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher, and we are going to jump into calendar highlights for the month of June. Connie, what do we got?
0: We got a lot of stuff, and remember that we put new items up all the time, so you can always go in on seattledining.com backslash calendar to see more. The first one that I want to talk about is happening June 4th. It is the Kavatapi Wine Dinner. It's a Sunday, and this is happening at Serafina, which I love, down on East Lake Avenue. Um, A little background. Peter Dow fell in love with Italy and opened Cafe Juanita, which is now owned by Holly Smith. But he then started Cavatappi and grows Italian varietals at Red Willow Vineyards, or they grow them for him. Um, So this is going to be a five-course menu with Mediterranean dishes that highlight his wines. Weather permitting, dinner will be on the courtyard at Serafina, which is Yay! One of the highlight places of the city, yeah. I think. Um, it's 120 per person, excluding tax and gratuity. Reservations are required 206 323 0807. And Serafina's at 2043 East Lake Avenue East.
3: All right. then we got a uh, Sunday feast at Tavolata. This is going to be on Sunday the 4th as well at 6 p.m. Uh, it's called Vegetable Bounty, fresh produce punctuated by proteins, which includes halibut crudo, squash blossom, and goat cheese, or with goat cheese, and ramp
0: aioli. What's a ramp
3: aioli? It's almost
0: it? like an onion, I think. It's a
3: an onion that grows next to the freeway?
0: Yes, a ramp, exactly. The
3: I-5 ramp aioli. Have you not heard of that? Uh, yeah, but I thought all the tent people took them before well, you could get them into the restaurant That's system.
0: how they make their
3: money. Uh, charred green beans and on and on, Copper River salmon, cucumber salad. This sounds real good. Yeah. Uh, more details on our website at seattledining.com. Click on the calendar. Uh, this is going to be $70 a person, and we don't know if that is including gratuity and tax
0: or if that's going to be on top
3: of it. You're gonna I have guess to- it's on top.
0: Yeah, because it's not a, a pricey one. Also, you'll have to call because I looked at their website, and it doesn't say.
3: Right. So so, uh, so this is at the uh, Tavolata location in Belltown, not the
0: one up on Capitol
3: Hill. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, the next thing that's going on is at Lark. It's the Savage Grace winemaker dinner. Savage Grace is in Woodinville. This is on July uh, June 6th at 6 p.m. It's a Tuesday. And the menu created is going to showcase the wines of Savage Grace, Vintner Michael Savage, now we know why it's called Savage Grace, will be on hand. Yeah, but who's Grace? That's his wife. Maybe. Grace Hearn. Maybe it's about grace in life. We don't know. Oh, I do know. Oh, you do know?
3: Yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, oh this is the people you This is the people who used to have a group called Hand to Mouth. Yeah. And then the last... A musical group. Yeah, a musical group. Um,
0: he's a wonderful guitar player. Oh, okay. She's a great singer. And yet here they are making wines. Now they're making wines. So the menu's going to include things like spot prawn, ceviche, white asparagus, foie gras, sabayon, duck cracklings, wood-roasted marble potatoes, pork confit, wagyu, beef cheek, dessert, 120 per person, excluding tax and hey,
3: Bring your 401k yeah. plan with you.
0: Reservations at 206-323-5275, and Lark is at 952 East Seneca Street.
3: All right, got a couple beer tasting cruises coming up with Fremont Brewing. Well, this think- one is with Fremont Brewing on Waterways Cruises, and this will be on Friday, June 9th at seven p.m. Uh, learn about the local craft brewing and enjoy beers paired with three with a delicious three course dinner by Waterways
0: Executive Chef. I think there's just the one beer dinner. Beer cruise.
3: That's right. There's another cruise coming up. It's Father's Day cruise, and they're going to have a brunch and a dinner Father's Day cruise. I believe so, yeah. So um, get to the the Waterways website from ours, and you can get more details on that, too. Yeah.
0: Here's an interesting one. Hightower Cellars, which is in Benton City, is hosting a thing called Opera on the Vine. This is June 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. It's a Saturday. They're having professional singers in doing arias and duets, um, and the idea behind this was to bring opera to unexpected places. So um, they had to take it somewhere where there wasn't anybody within like two miles of them, <laughs> yeah, you, because like, they're probably going to be outside. Actually, wouldn't that be <laughs> killer to be on a deck nearby and just hear this opera suddenly? It would be. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite memories. I'm just going to blast off into another realm here entirely. I was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was walking down the street after I'd moved to the top of Queen Anne. I'd been there a few years, and there was an Italian restaurant that's gone now, and it had an upper. It was upstairs, and it had a deck off it. This was about ten in the morning. I was going to walk down to the waterfront. Blah blah blah. And it was a beautiful sunny day, gorgeous day. And all of a sudden,
3: Luciani Pavarotti it was, I don't know who up. it was,
0: but it was Italian opera, and it was just. You know, floating over the entire neighborhood It was the coolest thing going So when I think about this With that music floating over the vineyards I think this would be a very cool thing How do you think that affects the vines right now? They'll calm down They'll calm down Okay Yeah Anyway, tickets are $15 So Hightower Wines will be for sale Glass and bottle Kindra's Walk and Roll will be doing Asian Fusion small plates And they'll be selling those It didn't say what the price was So this is at one nine four one eight East five eighty three. What does PR mean? I never know this. Northeast in Benton City. Maybe it means public road. I bet maybe that's it.
3: All you do is you go up to Red Mountain and drive
0: to the end of the road, and you're there. Yep. You take a left and go down to their driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Look for the wine dog. I'm sure they. I know they used to have a wine dog. I'm sure they got a wine dog. They do.
0: I have a picture of them from their last story.
3: Uh, Salish Spring Culinary Adventures. This is on Sunday, the 11th. Um, something called a blueberry jam. You're
0: making blueberry jam.
3: You're making blueberry jam. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be lunch, there's going to be recipe cards you can take home. Classes are limited to eight, reservations are required. And must be prepaid and are non-refundable. $85 includes tax and gratuity, and that's up at the beautiful Salish Lodge right next to
0: Snoqualmie Falls. Yes, yeah. and that's 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's kind of an all-day thing. So Now, Salty's is also doing – all the cooking classes are popping up all of a sudden. Salties is doing a Salmon 101, June 13th, Tuesday, from 6 to 8.30 You'll learn how to clean fillet, clean and fillet a salmon and then create three dishes: lavender honey glazed, lomi lomi and pan seared. There will be wine. It's $90 per person. It includes all costs, free parking. Reservations required by phone 206-937-1600 and they're out at 1936 Harbor Avenue Southwest.
3: And Connie already talked about this up in News Bites, but again, we'll remind you, there's going to be the Celebrate Walla Walla Wine Weekend Winemaker Dinners, all happening June 17th. So book your room ASAP and uh, figure out which of the winemaker dinners. Probably only going to make it to one, but uh, sounds
0: interesting. Now, Salish has another culinary thing happening and it's called culinary happy hour it's head to fin halibut so you watch a demo of breaking down a whole halibut talk about the best ways to cook it what pairs well with it the ins and outs of its season that's on June 22nd Thursday at 5:30 p.m. 425888
3: so hopefully the halibut's already dead before you break it down, right? Well,
0: wouldn't that be horrible if it's, the like, first demo is how to club a halibut. <laughs> yeah.
3: shoot a halibut in the head uh. with a gun and not put a hole in your boat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, uh, here's one uh, out. Uh, oh, this is going to be at, at uh, the fireside of Port Ludlow at Airfield Estates Winemaker Dinner. This will be on Friday the 23rd, 6 to 9 p.m., uh, rather than get an Uber, just get, get a room. <laughs> yeah. uh, winemaker Marcus Miller of Airfield will be on hand. And uh, a wine and selection of hors d'oeuvres followed by a multi-course dinner and wine pairing. $124 includes the tax and gratuity and service fee. And you can get your tickets on brown paper tickets just use the link on our calendar.
0: And you know how we feel about Chef Dan, so um yeah, you like know the Chef food's going to be good. Chef Dan's
3: food, it's quite good. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to have our special guest for today.
2: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by the Neighborhood Grills, with locations in Green Lake, East Lake, Lake Forest Park, Maple Valley, and Bremerton. Be sure to explore their upgraded menus online at neighborhoodgrills.com
3: today. Hi, my name's Rob McCurdy, and I'm the production manager with Titan Ciderworks, and you're listening to the Seattle Dine In Show.
1: Hi, this is Nathan Decker from Zilla, Washington. If you're ever in the area, you should stop by El Porton, located uh, at the exit in Zilla. It's a great Mexican restaurant.
3: We're back on the Seattle Dining Show with our guest today, who is one of Seattle's most celebrated chefs. Uh, He's worked his way around town, and uh, today he works down at Fair Start. Welcome, Wayne Johnson.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. We're so happy
0: you're here. What's this work around town stuff? I know. (laughs) I was thinking... (laughs) It makes him look like he's kind of jumping around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of jumping around, we can look back at your illustrious career and talk about um, one of the the big things you did was work for Marriott for a number of years. How did you get to Marriott in the first place?
1: Well, it was kind of, uh, Marriott was probably not my first choice. Um, I, I went to college and studied business and accounting. And I ended up cooking my way through school. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up on a ski slope and talking about my passion with food and wanting to carry it further. And um, a recruiter from Marriott asked me if I had ever thought about working for Marriott. And I said, uh, not really. <laughs> Thanks for, so much for asking. <laughs> but um, after a few weeks, I ended up joining on the team as a uh, expediter, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. And went through the winter season, and at that point in time, I worked with a really fun chef, um, Tom Walker, and he just had the greatest time in the kitchen, and it made me think, if I can have that much fun and do food... And work. I'm in. Yeah. Come to find out, they put me on a management program, which ended up actually, I'm on payroll now, I'm learning things, I'm cooking food, I'm having a great time. And I thought, where were you guys like three years ago when I started college? <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm $30,000 in debt.
0: <laughs> and not using my finance degree.
1: <laughs> but it was it was a, it was a great beginning to a, a long history with Marriott, 15 years.
0: Yeah, it was a long time. And you were in San Francisco for a long time.
1: Yeah, I started out in Vail, Colorado. Uh, ended up doing my management, what they called an ID program, or individual development mm. at the time. Um, Ended up doing that, and I was there for about almost five years. Ended up being transferred into San Francisco to open up the uh, Bay Area Airport Marriott in Burlingame. Um, Did a stint there. Actually, I did a a coming to, because I was the assistant manager at that point in the kitchen, uh, to becoming a banquet chef. And then got promoted to the the big jukebox, San Francisco. (laughs) Found in San Francisco, the uh, Marriott downtown, uh, the Marquis. Um, as the banquet chef there, had a very good running time with that. Almost a year, almost a good year when they decided to promote me to executive chef of San Ramon Marriott.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So that was my first true executive chef position. Uh, from there, I ended up going to Santa Clara Marriott, which um, at the time, and maybe it still is, uh, one of Mr. Marriott's favorite. Oh. Right down there at Great America Parkway and um, Silicon Valley, that whole thing was oh, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from there, I decided I wanted to do more with food, uh, and is a very good business, very good management company. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't really leaning into the depth of food that I wanted to be doing. Yeah. So I decided to go downtown, San Francisco, at the Park Fifty Five Hotel. That's right. And at that hotel we were doing everything from scratch. So we were back to making our own stocks and infusing oh, our wow. own flavors and, and that really got me back into oh this is what I got into this business for. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and then from there, um I actually ended up here in Seattle.
0: Yeah. That's when you came to the Mayflower. Mayflower mm. Park Hotel. Andaluca.
1: Andaluca, Polishi um i had who's over. the
0: general manager he's the one who brought you up right
1: probably is the general manager he brought me up from san francisco we had an opportunity to work together for probably oh probably four or five months in san francisco at the park 55 oh, hotel okay. and then he went overseas and started opening hotels and ended up back here in seattle where he's from at the mayflower and gave me a call and knew this was the key he knew i had gone to uh, napa and studied food from spain and mediterranean flavors oh hence andaluca yeah. mediterranean yeah so now i have all these great tools and flavors and thoughts going on so i got this phone call and he said would you want to come to or to seattle i said sure Paul, i love seattle anyway um So we got here. I wasn't too sure about Seattle, so I kept my place in San Francisco for about a year and a half.
0: Oh, wow. You weren't sure.
1: In case I had to move back somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it started to work out, and I started really understanding uh, where Andaluca should be and where it should go. And and it it actually made me understand that as much as I knew about food and how long I had been, you know, 15 years with Marriott, with different chefs and things like that, that all of a sudden— it was more to know. Oh, yeah. A whole other cuisine, a whole other level of flavors. And at that point is when I labeled myself a flavor profiler.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And start really getting into the depths of playing with people's taste buds.
0: Oh, that is fun. It's fun. Yeah. And you were there 10 years. I was at Andeluca, um actually 12 years. Oh, 12. Yep. Well, oh, you know, we went to the ten-year party, and you were out. You were there after that. I always think that was the end. <laughs> Almost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, got
0: out here in ninety-nine. Ended up uh, two thousand twelve, leaving
1: there. I uh, went to Ray's Boat House.
0: Yeah,
1: which was another whole other dynamics and experience in oh, itself. Yeah. Um, from from volume to training, um, lots of training going on there because it was so busy. There's always new people. Turnover you had to and- hire and turnover and um uh kind of almost almost kind of like burnout city because yeah. it's so busy it's so busy that um um cooks um even chefs can only last a season or two, and yeah they need to move on
0: well, and you also had a rather bad experience allergy wise
1: oh gosh, yes, that was probably um i didn't see it coming for one
0: yeah
1: um, <clears throat> ended up walking. I remember this. It was almost like it was yesterday. I remember walking out of the office, uh, and it was June, and it was very warm. It was a very warm day, and I ended up um, getting halfway to the stairs, which isn't but about maybe 30 yards from the kitchen door, and I ended up having to sit down for a minute and take a break. What was this allergy? I have, um, well, I was actually born with asthma, so... I think what happened, and I'm not sure, but because Ray sits right on the water and has been there for <coughs> decades, mm-hmm. I mean, through two burnouts, yeah. and brought back right to life, and um, I believe there's a lot of mold in that building that uh, didn't work with your the asthma. asthma. So we didn't catch it fast enough, me and my doctors and everybody, that... There was this different thing happening that I probably needed a different kind of medication yeah. to to work with it. Um, ended up, anyway, so I ended up walking across this parking lot. And I mean, it was like work. <laughs> it was <laughs> one parking lot and a lot of work. So I finally got to my truck, and um, I'm really warm at this point. Like I said, it was a warm day. And I go to open the door, and I go, well, I'll just sit here for a minute and... Catch my breath and I'll drive home and probably take a nap. <laughs> well, the nap happened before I got into the truck. <laughs> unfortunately, um, uh, fortunate and unfortunately, I, I started to realize that I was having a really hard time getting air into the system. Uh. So I um, I pulled out my phone <clears throat> and lucky for all of us these days you can just hit one little emergency number yeah. and it connects you directly. Um, and I was able to, I was able to tell them exactly where i was but i'd never seen them arrive
0: oh my god yeah so you made the
1: call and passed out and passed out scary yeah it was two days of trying to um figure out where i was when my eyes opened up
0: oh that's so terrifying so
3: Wait. i would say at this point let's take a little break and uh, when we come back let's talk about what's happening at fair start right? That sounds great okay so
2: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Paragon Bar and Grill, your Upper Queen Anne destination for lunch, teeny time, evening entertainment, and weekend brunch. For two decades, the Paragon has served as the go-to neighborhood location while welcoming others from all over the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Visit them online today at ParagonSeattle.com. This is Uli from Uli's famous Sausage in the Pike Place Market, and you listen to the Seattle Dining Show.
0: My name is Christina, and I live in Redmond, Washington. One of my favorite places to go in Seattle is La Toulouse Petite, and it's so amazing for Cajun. It's just amazing, and they have tapas and drinks, and you can be there for hours, and it's amazing.
3: Back on the Seattle Dining Show with one of Seattle's most celebrated chefs. Uh, he's the executive executive Corp- director, corporate actually
1: corporate executive chef,
3: corporate executive chef. You've heard his voice. Now you know. We're sitting here with Wayne Johnson. <laughs> yes, Wayne. Thank you for being here. Connie,
0: thank you so much for having me. You bet. Hey, when did you go to Fair Start? When did you start working with Fair Start? Was it full-time immediately?
1: It was not full-time immediately. Um, I first got connected with Fair Start when I came to Seattle in 1999. Oh, wow. Um, I was introduced probably within two months of my being here. I take that back. It was probably within the first two weeks of my being here. Wow. Because I ended up living, (laughs) because I had no home at the time, (laughs) In a hotel for about two and a oh, half months. Oh, okay. So I lived right over in DeLuca. And I would just go one quick commute down the elevator <laughs> to work every day. <laughs> and what ended up happening, I, I met, or um, was introduced to Fair Start by Paul Ishi, okay. the general manager. Uh, he was on the board at the time. Oh, okay. So I ended up going over there, um, like usually on my Mondays or something like that. Because I had to get out of the hotel. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anybody. Didn't know where to go. I rode my bike to Green Lakes on Sunday. So it's like, <laughs> where can I stay close on Mondays? <laughs> so I would walk over to Fair Start, which was at the Josephineum at that time. Oh, okay. On um,
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah,
1: over on 2nd Avenue.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would go into the back door and I would just say, hey, chefs, you got free hands.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, w- I would end up just... Mostly helping them walk through processes with the students. I wasn't really an instructor at that time. Mm-hmm. I was just hands for them. Yeah. And when they got in a pinch, it's like, okay, give it to Chef Wayne and he'll, he'll take catch it. us up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did that for a number of years. I ended up doing, oh gosh, I think it was probably somewhere in the upwards of 13 or 14 wow. guest chef nights.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a lot. And I really got to know the staff and the team a little bit more because I was in and out of there, sometimes twice a year, generally once a year for sure. Um, So that's when everything kind of started. And then this this thing happened where I had an opportunity to support their kitchen during the holidays a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now. So I went into the kitchen and... Said hey, and Matt Gurney, who's the vice president of pro uh, um, operations or? Uh, um, social enterprise. Oh, okay. So he's the vice president of social enterprise. We had this conversation. I go, you know what? I'm really good. Um, I I was a banquet chef for a number of years with Marriott. I can definitely get you through the winter season and your catering. Yeah. So I started working with that, and I don't know. It's, as chefs, there's like this bug in us that. You you see things, and you just have to make it right. Yeah. So then I started heading out into the retail kitchen and kind of overseeing and helping them out with things. And next thing I knew, I was up at the Pack Tower kitchen where they do the school meals, visiting and saying hi. And people looked at me like, what? Who is this guy? (laughs) And it was really funny. It was kind of like I was incognito. I don't know if you ever watched. um,
0: Undercover Boss.
1: Undercover Boss. (laughs) But i I'd come in, and I didn't have a name on my jacket because I was so new, and yeah. it was just a fair start. So i walk into the kitchen the first couple of days, and uh, a
0: couple of students would
1: come to me and go, so how long have you been in the program?
0: <laughs> and you're like, well, I just got my home last week, so I'm just getting stable. <laughs> but, well, I, it was kind of
1: funny because i go, uh, well, um, actually since about 1999, they're like, wow, you just can't get
3: through it, can you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're committed to you. <laughs> i'm gonna do it this time i know it (laughs) so so it ended up
1: uh going through the season and matt gurney and i were having these conversations back and forth about the operation and he goes yeah there's something really there's some big stuff gonna happen and you know we're probably gonna end up having um executive chef on property and things will probably grow from there and he goes um where do you feel where you at in this process i go well i'm I go, I don't know, but I signed <laughs> off for three months and we're about two and a half months in. So <laughs> we're probably going to be going away in a few weeks. So we sat down and had a conversation about what was happening, what was coming up. And we had a really good conversation about how he wanted his chef team to uh-huh. be able to grow and be ready to mentor more chefs coming in. Yeah. And I go, hey, pfft. That's me. It's written all over my forehead, dude. That's that's what I do. I yeah mentor. I put out chefs, sous chefs in the world, and um, it's about notching my belt on that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's really a perfect coming together.
0: Yeah, not to mention that you are kind of a giver yourself. I mean, you do so many um, fundraisers and events and things like that. You do a lot with the fire department, and it's it's always been part of your thing, too. So the fact that it's... This nonprofit that you're connected with now makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, well, you have to realize, Connie, um, in this world where we're at now, is that how can you not give? Yeah, it's it's there's such a need. Um, it, it's amazing. I, I ended up having the opportunity to when I was with Andaluca, travel to Spain and yeah. see different parts of the country. Uh, travel to New York and Florida. <clears throat> so what? For me, to see all these different parts of the country, and then you come back home, you come to Seattle and, and there's these tents and things all underneath the yeah. highways and the
0: bridges, and it's like, we got to do something, yeah, something's not right, yeah. And you know I was talking to somebody else about similar things yesterday, and it's the idea of maybe you can't change the world, but you can change someone's life. And that's going to change somebody else's life and, you know, hopefully chain reaction. Well,
1: and, and you know, I mean, the way that we look at it at Fair Start is, you know, we, we use food to help people transform their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's not a culinary school. It's a, it's a training program. Right. Where we have an opportunity to bring in people who have made their own choice that they want to change their life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we get to be the platform. We get to be the support for that yeah. That's that's the amazing part And then to hear the stories at graduation oh, oh, those those nights are killer Not a dry eye I think, you know, when they come in
0: the door for dinner We should just hand out a little box of tissue Because, you know, it's <laughs> the people graduating tissue. And everyone there for the evening That have tears in their eyes Everybody's crying Absolutely. Some of the graduates are, start to talk and go, I can't do it Because they're so overwhelmed with emotion About what they've gained and what they've come through I think when people
1: come and they do this dinner graduation on Thursday night, you know it's guest chef night, so we're trying to one showcase and give the chefs in the city an opportunity to come in and work with students. Mm-hmm. It gives the students a chance to work with chefs that they could possibly become, you know, Part of their cooks team. or staff in in their kitchens. Um, and then I think people come to support it, not understanding that. The the homelessness, it's not about just uh, alcoholism and, you know, what it is is there's stories about how people just kind of fell into homelessness. Yeah. You know, and and when you start understanding those stories, you start to look at it differently. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier about the expansion and what was going to happen, and that's all coming about. Tell us about what's happening. Well, (laughs) yeah. You, you
1: say expansion. I say expansion. I say, yeah, we're going to grow our programs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I come to find out it's five food eateries all at once. <laughs> know, on the same day. <laughs> that we're going to open up. <laughs> and um, it, it was really kind of cool. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm like... From Louisville, Kentucky, so I always get these analogies of horses and, and racetracks uh-huh. and things like this. And, and it's like coming out of the blocks and everybody's just like burling like crazy, yeah. like, yes, this is so much fun. <laughs> this is great. I and mean, so you kind so of-
3: let me let me get this straight. We got five new locations downtown or down in South Lake Union?
1: Well it's, it's five eateries. It's gonna be in one location, which is at um uh Fairview, Warren and Harrison. So we, we, Salt Lake City. We could playfully call this an Amazon food court. <laughs> you, 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 you could call it Amazon. I don't know if you want to call it a food court. <laughs> uh, corporate dining. Okay. So so there will be, yeah, three concepts that would be um, fast casual. Um, obviously, during that time, you have 4,500 people or so in the building. Um, you're going to be moving people through pretty yeah. quickly. But it is public open to the public. It we is will. open to the public. So it's not just the Amazon stuff. It is staff. pretty amazing that it's actually open to the public, um, but they're opening it up to share. Yeah. You know, share with everybody. Um, South Lake Union is growing like crazy. It's a beautiful, uh, man, I remember when I got here in 99, it has changed so much. Oh, it's yeah. Beautiful. Oh, oh
3: my gosh. <laughs> Nothing left of it, barely. Maybe the Guitar Center. <laughs> right?
1: But, right? <laughs> well, that's what's cool is that that used to be the the old furniture store. It's where the restaurants going into down there. Oh yeah. So the restaurants gonna be a full scale restaurant. So uh, lunch and dinner. And a full bar. With a full bar, uh, happy hour, um, bar menu, and then there'll be catering out of that same kitchen. So that that adds the fifth
0: unit. to Oh okay. To that. Okay.
1: So is there enough room to do all that in the kitchen? Oh, you the, got enough room in the kitchen. The kitchen is absolutely beautiful. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. Large, expanded. Um, everything's state of art, it's, it's ready to go. Did you it's, get to
0: do that? Oh, yes. Oh,
1: boy. <laughs> and you, you don't know, think you the, you'll need to piggyback onto the kitchen up the street at Fair Start? You know what? There's going to be a lot of tie-in. Um, and I think part of my position as being the corporate executive chef is, is being able to bring all this together because we have the kitchen up on Pac Tower at the old Pac Tower Medical mm-hmm. Center. Uh-huh. On the eighth floor, we do catering up there. Mm-hmm. On the second floor, we do school meals. So about 2,200 School meals, daycare meals out of there, wow. day, Monday through Friday. At the 700 Virginia property is um, the original restaurant tied in with catering. And then in the basement of that unit, we do the uh, shelters as well as the hospitals. So yeah. that's about 1,100 meals a day. Wow. And then we're going to have this new, amazing place in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Or Salt Lake City. I take that back. Salt <laughs> <It was> like- <laughs> <South> Lake Union. <laughs> that is going to be just amazing. Um, again, it's probably going to almost double what we're doing right now. So
3: you're going to be doing wow.
1: over 10,000
3: meals a day?
1: Yes. Yes. We'll wow. be cranking out some meals.
3: Excuse us while we remove the executive producer from the table.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, he's on his way. <laughs> um, do you, it seems like you did do, do meals for um, senior centers too, or something. Or uh, is that hospitals that I'm confusing? It's, with? it's hospitals. Okay, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Amazon had a lot to do with this. I mean they they funded a lot of this, didn't they? You know, we're very grateful to have
1: um, Amazon Jeff Bezos come into this and donate twenty five thousand square feet. That's right. To us, They too. donated this. And, and the deal with this whole operation is more than just five eateries. Um, this partnership is brought together so that we can take our programs to that next level. So um, the 700 property, the original, servicing the, the homeless community, uh, giving them a platform to uh, get some training, some culinary mm-hmm. training, and then get placed into jobs, this one is taking that next level because What our programs has found out is our students get out there, and they get to a certain point, and they're still living below poverty. Oh, okay. So rather than just focusing on our students, we're going to open it up to restaurant industry people that have worked really hard but are still living under that. that poverty line. And the whole apprenticeship program, that we're gonna be doing it with the Amazon is to skill people up to a living wage.
0: Oh great. So they get there's a way to get the basic living skills and get a job and then a next step of I'm gonna get a job that actually supports me.
1: Yeah it's almost like the the hierarchy of basic needs, right? Yeah. So you get the first couple of layers yeah. at the uh, the original fair start where we rolled it out, then you start getting into the uh, sense of belonging, and the self-actualization in this scaling up yeah. this
0: apprenticeship program. Yeah. So it's really kind of cool. It is really cool. It's a great program. Well, listen, now I want to talk about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things you give to, and you've been giving to, when did we meet? Was it 14 or 15 years ago? Uh,
1: met 15. I've done 14, 14 I believe. So
0: because I think it was um Cooking with Class. Yeah. Yeah. the event that I do each year and you've been doing it for 14 years now. Yeah. And in fact, you're tied with two other chefs for the longest running and one of them can't come, so it's down to two of you, I really? think. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, um but I wanted to to get your take you can tell our listeners about Cooking with Class because that's I guess, coming up again this year on September 14th at Alki Salties on Alki. Well, you know,
1: one of the things that I have found out about cooking with class that
0: <clears throat> maybe a lot of people just
1: don't understand is, one, it's, it's giving back, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, uh, poverty. Um, that and, was the
0: first 14 years we're with Pipe Place Market now.
1: And then um, yeah.
0: Heritage House? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've actually walked
1: through those buildings, and it's uh, amazing um the love and the care and the feeling that is in there and all these people are working really hard yeah. and for us to be able to to bring people together um just really fun people that love having a good time yeah and just want to like rub elbows with some of the city's best chefs mm-hmm. i mean when you when you thought this thing out i don't even know how you did this because i wasn't a part of the, the brain job but i was Invited to the party, which was kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> Everybody always asks me, how come you weren't there the first year? I like, go, oh, I don't know. Connie probably just wanted to make sure I was going to stay in town yeah. before she invited me. he still me. had his
0: place in San Francisco. I wasn't going there. <laughs> <laughs> but then the, the, the ability, because here's
1: what happens for us is, from the chef's standpoint, one It's an opportunity to, like, be right in there with it. I mean, we have eight people that are highly engaged into this process of putting together a little appetizer, a little salad, a little two-bite thing that can lead to an entree. Mm -hmm. And for us, we just get to get excited about it. We get to see it. We get to have people ask us questions. And it's almost like so much one-on-one. You know, even though there's, what, 14, 15 tables in the room. 22. 22 now. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) See, I told you I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) I just had my table (laughs) of eight, (laughs) and I end up with 32 new friends by the time I leave that evening. Yeah.
0: And it is, I think, it's one of the things I'm not sure we did think all the way through but has really become true of the event is that it's, it really bonds you with those people that come to your classes. And um, that's way more likely that they'll come to your restaurant, that they want to say, oh, I know Wayne, I'm going to go down to Fair Start and, you know," And that's well, a really a benefit that we didn't completely foresee. Well, it's, it's kind of a benefit. Now you're talking
1: 32 <laughs> times 14. And when they go to your website to sign up for my class, and it's closed out. I start getting these little personal <gasps> phone calls like, can really? you get me in? <laughs> oh, I love it. I didn't know that. I love it. <laughs> so that's a few hundred people. Yeah. That are just
0: like, I, uh, tell Connie that <laughs> I, I know them you.
1: No, but they can
3: vote on, uh, they can uh, uh, get the auction item with the chili pepper pants. <laughs> <in it. laughs>
0: yeah, you can buy Wayne that night. <laughs> One of my favorite things that you did was you decided one year to do a pasta dish, and it was an orange and walnut Mm -hmm. sauce, which is so good. But you thought it would be fun if you made the pasta for the first class. The first class made the pasta for the second class, and that was their hands-on stuff as well as the sauce. And by the end of the evening, your little area was just like, I don't know, ghosts. Everyone was covered with flour. (laughs) The table was covered with flour. It was so funny, and everybody, all this happens within 30 minutes for each class, and people were, I, I saw people running in circles around the table. and going, <laughs> I wish I'd had a video of that. It's one of the classics in my mind.
1: You know, those those are, that's the whole fun about it. The fun is that everybody really gets involved. I mean, I don't know that Saltis was so happy about the flower day, but, <laughs>
0: yeah. but we had a great time, yeah. And they are so wonderful because they've donated the venue for, all these years and they never charge us a cleaning fee it's totally they do this for us every you know year. what
1: thank you very much but that is it's amazing how much it takes to one put it together set it up oh, clean yeah. up break it down
2: yeah. um
1: and then then salties thank you very much jeremy <laughs> um they have a little after party yes and we all this is where all of us just have to really just wind down together And tell the stories of the whole last year. Yeah, where you been? What you been doing? Because it's
0: very hard to get to everybody's restaurant. Chefs never get a chance to sit down together. I mean, you're too busy. You're you're all working the same hours, and yeah. And they also feed our volunteers before the event. That's awesome. They just are amazing. So that, as I said, is coming up September fourteenth. You will be there again, and you are making salmon cakes. I am doing
3: salmon cakes. I think no I'm a, no, sw- no flour this time. Huh? No right. pasta. No flour. <laughs> Only once. Maybe
1: maybe a little panko. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're still deciding on that one. <laughs> the jury's out. <laughs>
0: well, Wayne, thank you so much for being here. It's always so fun to talk to you.
1: It is always a great pleasure to see you, be with you, and cooking with class. Yay. Looking forward to it.
0: First starting cooking with class.
1: Yes. Yay. <laughs> All
3: right. All right. We are going to be right back with a couple of tips and tricks that you can use in the kitchen and when you're out dining.
2: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by. Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today.
3: Hello, this is uh, Tracy with Heritage Meats from Rochester, Washington, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
0: Hi, my name is Bridget. I live in Madison Valley. One of my favorite places to eat is the surrogate hostess located at Aloha and 24th on Capitol Hill. The bacon is crisp, the cinnamon rolls are awesome and the coffee is always hot. Kind of like me.
3: We are back on the Seattle Dining Show, and I just want to uh, once again say thank you to Chef Wayne Johnson for stopping in today and uh, sitting down with us and doing the interview that we just ran. And uh, definitely looking forward to hitting those new places in South Lake Union once they get it all open. Yeah. And uh, we're always looking forward to Chef Wayne working with us at Cooking with Class. So uh, we've got some uh, tips and tricks here as we
0: close up the show. Connie. what do we got? Well, my first uh, item is about eating in, and it's kind of a question for you. I was looking out on the web just about, you know, dining and things, as I do, and over and over again it says, oh, so many people hate to shop. So keep your shopping, you know, make your list, get in there, get out kind of thing. And I was thinking, well, that's one way to make sure you're just buying what you need. But... For people like me who love to go shopping and go up and down every aisle, and I find it fascinating to see what's there, how do you still keep your love of grocery shopping but stop yourself from overbuying or buying things that aren't good for you?
3: Uh, i got a couple ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just sort of an old adage, Uh, don't go to the grocery store hungry. Yeah. Eat and then go shopping because otherwise, you will end up putting more things in your cart that you want to take home and eat right then. And probably not good things. Uh, another thing would be uh, buying in bulk, going mm. over to, you know, find a grocery store with the bulk section. Yeah. Save yourself tons of money and only buy what you need. So, if you need a certain spice, just buy a teaspoon or a tablespoon yeah. of it. And uh, that way, you know, if you only use half of it and it goes bad three months later, not, not a big deal. You know, but you didn't spend, you know, $7 on a bottle of shilling, something or
0: other. That's a really good tip. The other night I made dinner for you and I, and it was all organic. Everything was organic in it, mm-hmm. except for the white pepper that I bought in bulk. I don't think that was organic. But, um, it was grass-fed, though. It was grass-fed. But 20 bucks for, and it was a really good dinner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
3: you probably had a few of those things at home, but I think most of that was like fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, that, were, that was it. It was that.
0: oranges and lemons, and yeah,
3: Connie made a, an orange lemon chicken. It was quite good.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, um, this is actually your tip, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> it's a good tip too. Now that the weather's getting nicer, uh, the tip is to walk to dinner. Yeah. So wherever you are, walk to dinner. And remember, you don't have to walk back home. You can catch a bus, you can catch an Uber, make friends with somebody at the bar and have them give you a ride home.
0: <laughs> Who's not drinking?
3: But, uh, <laughs> great. Well, you know, I, I do, I walk almost every day. I, I always do something, you know, 60 minutes of cardio somehow, some way. And so walking is a way for me to incorporate some other things around it. Maybe I'm running errands, but, uh, definitely, uh, you know, where I live. It's about a 30 minute walk into Greenwood. Mm -hmm. So that's a good walk for me.
0: And I could, then I could take the bus back up. Yeah, that's good. The gadget is, you know, again, something you really don't need, but I was kind of, it really caught my eye. I found it on the website for Mrs. Cooks. It's the Angry Mama Microwave Cleaner. And it's a little, looks plastic, has a little female form with her arms akimbo on her hips and a cranky look on her face, and it's nine ninety five. You fill it with water and vinegar, stick it in the microwave for five minutes, and the steam comes out of her head. That's how angry she is. Uh-huh. And it softens all the microwave dirt and stains for easier cleaning, and it's dishwasher safe. Now, my thing is, honestly, if you're wiping down your microwave pretty frequently, which you should be, it's not going to be that tough. But every now and then this happens. You, you blow something up in there or, you know, soup, you didn't cover it and it pops up and you forget to clean it up because it's closed. You know, this would be a handy little thing to have and I it mean, wouldn't take a lot of space.
3: You could probably put a ceramic ramekin in there filled with water and vinegar you get the same results. Yes, but it wouldn't
0: be Angry Mama. But it wouldn't
3: be Angry Mama. Now, I see on the – we have a picture here of Angry yeah. Mama that we're looking at, and she has the holes in the top of her head. <laughs> so it appears that possibly if you didn't want to use Angry Mama in the microwave, you could buy two of them and have a nice salt and pepper shaker set. Right?
0: There you go, Angry ma- – and put, put spicy, you know, like really bitey pepper in. Yeah. Make it Angry Pepper.
3: And uh, you're still going to want to wipe your microwave down, and so remember, it's a microwave, so use a microfiber towel, which will nip and grab all the uh, stuff off that Angry Mama started to loosen up for you in the first place. (laughs) Because she's good. Because she's good.
0: Well, it's time to wrap up the June show. Thanks for joining us again this month. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free.
3: We want you to uh, dine well. We want you to dine safe. We want you to dine
0: out often.
3: And we want you to enjoy your grass-fed oatmeal.
0: (laughs) And we want you to come back next month. We'll see you next month.
2: Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the host and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.